Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 267 for August 9th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Frosty Michaud. I'm another one of your hosts, Trevor the Frolade Furlot. Is that how that works? I think that's how it works. Yeah. All right then. Uh, let's see. Kelly, unfortunately, uh, won't be able to make to the show today. Um, really unfortunate news. Uh, her, uh, her friend's uh, pet goldfish died. And uh, she had to be the uh, she was the aunt of the goldfish, and right. uh, she she was the pallbearer in the funeral. So unfortunately, she can't she can't make it up today. We understand she was very attached to Goldie, and on behalf of all the hosts here and the listeners, we'd like to send our deepest condolences and sympathies to uh, you, Kelly, for your loss of Goldie. Yeah. Uh, did you get the flowers? Did you get the flowers and sign the card, Trevor? Um, I signed the card. Um, it wasn't flowers; it was a fruit basket. So I ate it. <laughs> you know me okay yeah i love me some fruit baskets acceptable losses on that one the card will make it through anyways yeah <laughs> and as for uh, matthew and brian they just uh well they said that they hate you and you suck yeah that's been a reoccurring thing with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i spoke with matthew today and things are progressing well in the house hunt so as soon as he gets a house bought and gets an internet connection, um, we'll have him back on a regular basis. Cool. He's got his tags and everything ready to go on the hunt. It's hunting yep. season. For it houses. is. Yeah. It is. Hopefully he doesn't go on an armed hike. <laughs> All right. Not, not to purchase house. That would be awkward and illegal. <laughs> Just look at him. <laughs> All right. What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, they have the Swiss Precision Arms MB5T muzzle brake in 223 and 300 blackout, and they have 338 coming soon. It's at 239. And uh, Trevor, is that the one you got? Do you have one of those? What is it? The MB5T muzzle brake from Calgary Shooting Center, or you got a different one? MB5T, you say? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Precision Arms. If it's not, that's yes, okay. We'll just that is on. exactly what I have. Oh, there Swiss, we go. Swiss Precision Arms, um, the SPA. It's so funny because they use Google Translate to write the instructions. It's hilarious. Uh, I will Why even put instructions you. on there? It's a muzzle brake. I know, right? Um, but I'm going to Facebook you the photo of the instructions. They're hilarious. And then Excellent. maybe you can post them on the show or something. Mm-hmm. So, we'll put them in the, uh, for the post for today. Yeah. So yeah, um, this this muzzle brake I'm gonna do or I'm gonna talk about here in just a few minutes. Cool. Uh, as a, a few minutes is in like now, or do you want a little bit of time before we get into what you didn't oh, get? No, into? if if I'm up, I'll go right now. Give her. All right, as I'm writing it down. So um, we had SummerSlam, and it was good. Uh, we had by the time 
the main match was over. 154 competitors shot the match. And I have to tell you, as a, as a competitor, I finished third in my division. So this is my third top three finish in SummerSlam match, which is pretty good because there's a lot of competitors. It's a national level match. I think there was 22 in, divi- in my in my division. Mm-hmm. But um, you can, of course, go to Practice Score and search SummerSlam and SummerSlam 12. And you can see all the results for how everybody did in all the divisions and categories. But uh, I'm confused. Who actually posts the scores to Practice Score? Is uh, that you? I, I do, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, hmm. You're always top three, hey? <laughs> Zip it. I wasn't. I, I said this is my third time finishing in the top three. <laughs> there have been twelve Summer Slams. Okay, I've only attended six of them. I, th- I started my well, my first Summer Slam would have been 2011. So you math that out as you see fit. Anyway, it was awesome. It was awesome. We got all the construction done before I left to go on vacation, and while I was gone on vacation. Alain and his team of guys, Patrick and um, a few other guys went out there. Muffin was out there and Trevor and Snuffleupagus and uh, uh, Phil. They all went out. Anyway, they completely rebuilt the house. There's lots of video floating around of the house stage at SummerSlam by um, competitors and myself on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. It's all over the place. So you design a stage, right? And you walk it and you walk it and then you have somebody else walk it. And then the mat starts and somebody sees something that you didn't see. People were hanging out a window, Adriel. It was ridiculous. They figured out a way to eliminate shooting positions. And it wasn't actually all that beneficial because like one of the shooting positions, when you came out from underneath the house, downstairs, if you will, um, there's a popper. But if you ran up to hit the popper and crowd the fault line, you saw three targets in the back of the house that were originally intended to be taken at the bottom of the stairs, but they were hard leaning shots. And then he went upstairs and there was a stomp pad. You stepped on that a trap door open, revealing some targets that you shot through the floor of the house. And there was a port. Now, originally Pat's tall, right? So Pat built the port so high that only Pat could shoot through it. Poor little people would not be able to shoot through this port. So I was like, that's not going to work. We have to cut the port bigger. Well, in doing so, now you could see a target that was supposed to be under the host. And this had been a problem in a previous match and I caught it and I fixed it by putting up a wall anyway. So here's what they were in. You're supposed to shoot through the port at a popper, which activated a swinger and then three static targets. And then you ran over to the stairs and there was two partials at the top of the stairs that you shot before running down the stairs, you ran down the stairs. You shot those three in the back. I just discussed that you're originally supposed to take from the back and then go underneath the house and shoot one through a port. They eliminated going downstairs all together. They would come up the stairs, stop, shoot the two at the, at the other staircase, going downstairs from the top of the staircase. Again, there were partials, and they were about eight yards away. So for some people, not such a good idea. And then they ran over, hit the stomp pad, went to the, went to the um, railing, shot the targets under the stomp pad, and then leaned out the port, shot the swinger, shot the popper, shot the swinger, shot the three static targets, and then hard lean one hand, shot the one under the under the deck or under the house. Uh, I ran it clean, like the way it was intended to be, sort of, you know? I mean, there's no such thing as the intent of the stage. It's freestyle, figure it out. And if you're smarter than the match director, good for you. A lot of these guys were smarter than those of us who put the house together. 
Um, but I was still like one of the fastest runs on the house, except for when Alex Burdett got up there. Alex won production and literally won every stage that he shot. He's he's a he's a machine. He's not Canadian yeah. champion for nothing. So anyway, that was really cool. Um, but just the overall quality of the match. Uh, we had practice score, which everybody does now, but then we also had those little point of sale printers. So the scorekeeper had the printer hooked on their belt and the tablet and he hit approve and the printer printed off a receipt. So the competitor had a copy of their score. We just laid out the range differently for our vendors area. We had X metal over in one corner and then we had CCFR major match sponsor on, on hand with a booth. And we had DC armory on hand with a booth. And then we took a bunch of picnic tables put them under an army tent and basically made like a cafeteria eating area. And we put our scoreboard up right there. And we never usually publish the day one results. We just didn't have the technology before. So after day one, I came home and I printed them all. Uh, I got a wireless Bluetooth printer and it was giving me trouble because it wasn't working on my Wi-Fi hub. And then I discovered this little Matt Lorette. Shout out to Matt Lorette. He figured this thing out. There's Wi-Fi direct. You don't even need a hub. The printer will talk directly to your device. That's amazing. So he got my phone hooked up to the printer, started printing results, um, and we were just constantly, on, on the morning of day two, before shooting started, we had all the results from day one posted. At lunchtime, when people would stop and eat, they could go over and check out the vendors. They could go shoot at XML targets. They could check out the results. Um, just nothing went wrong. We had one calibration call, one for the whole match. We had a whole stage of steel poppers adriel 24 of them was it hmm. 24 16 i think it was 16 yeah it was 16 yeah anyway not one calibration call to that stage the one calibration call that i had to go to it was a legitimate equipment malfunction the popper got hung up on the hook so had i shot that popper it would not have been a fair test of the popper's calibration so it was deemed a range equipment malfunction and the shooter was ordered to reshoot and that was it we had um, no arbitrations. We had a few DQs. Um, Matthew was the CRO for the host stage and the host stage was a complicated, very technical stage. And, uh, he stopped three people at least mm. and, and disqualified them for breaking the uh, 90 rule. Um, so that was unfortunate, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, it's just, it was just awesome. The banquet was great. Tracy's speech at the banquet was great. They gave her a standing ovation. The food was amazing. Uh, and normally it rains on SummerSlam. Well, it's been raining every day since SummerSlam. Even Mother Nature was on our side this time, which is fantastic. So, um, and then after SummerSlam, uh, well, I built my SLR during the uh, the Monday. Yeah, it was shipped on Saturday. I got it Monday, and Matthew and I had shot the pre-match. Then we put the SLR together, and I mean, I've shot it every day since SummerSlam has been over, um, and. Working out things like um, magazines, I remember. I don't know if uh, last week when I talked about it, I said that the uh, the gun was kind of picky about mags, so um, I just went through all of my mags, <clears throat> numbered them, tried them all. I had three criteria: would the mag seat on a closed bolt, would the bolt lock back on an empty mag, and would the mag drop free. So I went through all my magazines and everyone that did that, all of my LAR mags, my aluminum Beowulf mags, my P mags, all of those got then labeled with SLR on them. So I know that they work in the SLR. There's a very tight magwell in the SLR. That's all there is to it. It's a very tight magwell. It's not an AR-15. It doesn't have an AR-15 magwell. Um, but that being said, 
there's still mags out there that do what they're supposed to. Um, the ATRS mags are very tight. They don't drop free. I would have to remove material, quite a bit of material from them. I don't think I'm going to bother. I'll leave those for my um, actual AR-15s. Um, that's it. Yeah. I mean, all those mags do all, all three of those things. And I've put, oh, it's got to be, I thought it was just north of 500, but it's more like close to 600 rounds in the gun since uh, Monday. And today is Thursday. So I've been going out and shooting the heck out of this thing. <laughs> You've spent uh, $300 in ammo so far. Yeah. Yeah, about that. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, it, it was well worth it. And might I add, not a single malfunction in the gun. There's been magazine issues until they got sorted. They're all sorted now. But I've had no failures to feed, no failures to eject, anything like that. And then the muzzle break that you just uh, mentioned in our What We're Doing This Week in Guns sponsorship segment, um, that was sent to me by the Calgary Shooting Center. And I, I got to tell you, it works. I've also been making lots of SLR videos, um, just general shooting videos. And then I made... Um, no, those have been cool. You've been posting a bunch of stuff up on uh, Facebook, right? Facebook and, and Slamfire Instagram and my own personal Instagram. Mm -hmm. And today I did a, a takedown video to demonstrate how the uh, rifle comes apart. And I was doing it wrong. So for those that are watching, there are two screws there in the receiver. A little one and a big one. The little one does not need to be touched. That was my mistake. I thought that was a locking screw. I thought it screwed down on top of the takedown screw to prevent the takedown screw from backing out. That's not what it's there for at all. It's actually just a retaining screw. You put an Allen key into the takedown screw and loosen it up, and it's captured in place. So you're not yeah, going to lose it. Yeah, that just keeps the other one from falling out, right? That's all it does. Yep. Yep. I was mistaken about that initially. I was loosening that first and then taking out the takedown screw. Or you don't take out the takedown screw. You just unscrew the takedown screw, and then the two halves come apart. So I made a pretty quick and dirty video demonstrating that today and then i did a video um, talking about this muzzle brake now this muzzle brake is extremely well made the machining is very very nice um it has eight ports well it has more than eight ports it has four ports per side and then three on the top and three on the bottom and the recoil impulses is different it does there's no muzzle rise but it actually pushes the muzzle to the right so you literally watch your reticle go on a flat horizontal line to the right and then back to the right and then back. So if you're a dipper, <laughs> if you dip low left, this might be the muzzle brake for you. I suspect I may have to rotate it a little bit to get that to stop happening. Uh, it's on a crush washer, so I can, you know, try a 16th to the, um, to the left or 16th to the right and, and see what that does. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so from from Switzerland, and just incredibly well made, and it works, and it's not heavy either. Like I've got my my three gun comp. Hold on, this is worth comparing, Adriel. Stand right. by. I think you've seen my three gun comp, haven't you? Yeah, it's massive. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll show it for the <laughs> listeners who are watching, and then we can describe them both. All right, Trevor is walking over to grab the other comp there, other rifle. And what a beast. I actually weighed the two rifles. So now I know what they weigh. The SLR weighs seven and a half pounds. My STI rifle, 
with the stag barrel and Samson 50, Evolution 15-inch handguard weighs um, eight and a half pounds. So I was with optics it, or without? Um, you're ready to go. Hmm. Yep. Seven and a half is excellent. What's that? Seven and a half is excellent. It's oh, probably yeah, the know, uh, right? the barrel. Yeah, all the savings comes from the um, top end of the SLR build. If you look here, you can see these rifles both have their... I'm going to double check, make sure that both of their stocks are fully extended. Okay. So the SLR was not fully extended. All right. So both these stocks are fully extended. And look how much longer my restricted rifle is compared to my non-restricted rifle. What's the barrel length difference between those two? The stag barrel is 18 inch. The SLR barrel is 18.6. Hmm. Yeah, they look pretty and much yet, the same where the barrel is, but that still, comp is super long. Yeah, the comp on the stag rifle is four inches. That's four inches of comp. It's actually not an IPSC legal comp. It's too big. Nope, nope not three-gun legal. Well, it, legal, it, it just puts you in open, right? Yeah. So if you look at the comps here, the uh, comp on my S uh, STI is uh, Benny Hill, and it's stainless and has three ports, and they go small to large as they approach the muzzle of the barrel. It's just ridiculous, though, how flat this gun shoots. Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, that's that's the initial review. It, it's nicely made, and the gun shoots flat, kicks to the right a little bit, so I might check and see how it fits or how it's positioned on the barrel and see if there's any any difference in that. So but there's been lots of videos posted about my SLR and this comp and me doing mag dumps and stuff like that and just, you know, showing the function of the rifle and how it works perfectly and does what it's supposed to do. Um, let's see, what else have I been doing? Last night we had our monthly gun club meeting and the principal of the Dalhousie Regional High School, uh, who was the recipient of this year's podcast charity shoot, came to uh, have the uh, came to collect the check and so we had a little check presentation there unfortunately media did not want to attend here's what they actually said both the french and english newspaper i facebooked the guy up here in camelton for the camelton tribune and i said hey his name's trevor mcnally i'm calling him out so hey trevor um podcast gun club we raised seven thousand dollars for the dalhousie regional high school breakfast program I uh, thought maybe you would like to attend a meeting for the check presentation. So his reply is, uh, well, you go ahead and write it up and send it to me. So I thought that was a little weird. I wrote up all the details and sent it to him. And then he replied back and said, okay, take a picture and send it to me. I said, you want me to take the picture? And he said, yeah, that's what you want, isn't it? LOL. And I replied, said, silly me. I didn't realize that there were three degrees of separation these days between journalists and their stories. He goes, Oh, we we don't we don't attend simple check presentations. All right. Okay. Well, guess what? Pound sand. Uh, we'll go somewhere else. So we contacted the French newspaper. French newspaper said the exact same thing. I'm sorry. This is a one horse town, and the horse is dead. There's nothing going on here. You have nothing to do. There's nothing important happening. You can't come out and cover a story about a uh, a group of volunteers raising seven thousand dollars for a breakfast program yeah that's silly i mean for yeah. a, a small town should be covering exactly that kind of thing right exactly because what else are you going to cover hmm. so screw those guys maybe he was being serious about you just like doing his job for him and writing the article and putting the image <laughs> maybe maybe they're that short-staffed <laughs> 
I don't know, man. That seems lame. Yeah, but it's but, it's a it's a small town newspaper. Maybe they just needed like the whole thing ready to rock and roll, and they would have just published it. Well, you know, he didn't say short staffed. He said we don't show up for simple. That's mm-hmm. we called it simple check presentations. So Gotta whatever. Conserve the gas, the fuel. I'm salty about it because their costs go too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and then tomorrow, I know it's what we did, not what we're going to do, but whatever. Tomorrow I leave uh, for the Canadian Ipsic National Championships, where I will be where where I will be shooting the pre-match in one day, and then working the main match as a dedicated chief range officer. Where are the nationals this year? They are at the Selkirk Fishing Game Club in Manitoba. I'm not sure if I got the name of the club correctly, uh, but they are in Selkirk, Manitoba. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, um, then I have um, what I have left to do for my range master. I got to get some mentoring done, and that should be uh, that should be it. I will have completed all of the requirements for. in order to become a Ipsic range master, which is kind of cool. Cause I think um, I'll be the only range master in Atlanta, Canada. that doesn't wear bifocals. <laughs> well, there's something to be said about getting uh, uh, young blood uh, in the, in the program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, ironically, I look older than most of the range masters, except for like maybe two. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. that. But that's it for me, buddy. What have you been up to? You've been busy with some three gun stuff. I see. All sorts of stuff, yeah. Uh, okay, so over the weekend... Oh, question, uh, question, question, yeah. question. How's your 180B? I don't have one oh, yet. That's right, it's not... Sorry, silly. Oh, sorry, carry on. I did I did shoot one on the weekend. You did? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was uh, 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 one of the guys from... Uh, he's not from Wolverine Supplies. He's he's just... Uh, he just wears the jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, kept, I kept bugging him over the weekend that... Uh, he was working at Wolverine, but uh, super nice guy. He had a, a 180B out there, and uh, they were light. They're really light. Mm-hmm. They're like they're they're right at that seven pound mark, and uh, I'm super excited to get mine now. After handling and shooting that one, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, it looked really good. Um, well, that's good. That's how, that's that's encouraging to hear that it's you know you didn't see it for the first time. Go, uh. mm-hmm. nope. Nope. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is like I'm getting value at a thousand bucks. This this is some good value here. But uh, that was at the BC Redneck Three Gun Challenge in Prince George. Uh, we went we went down Friday morning, and uh, yeah, that's an eight hour. That's a long drive out there. I went with uh, some of the guys from my club, uh, including a listener, Chad. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool event. Uh, it, they had nine stages nine stages uh over two days uh it wasn't like a super like super super rushed uh schedule or anything like that um i had a really good start uh on my uh, saturday morning i got a fifth overall on my first stage and second overall on my second stage and second overall with like fractions of a second between me and and first Uh, but quick 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 question yeah nine stages over two days like We've done nine. We've done seven stages, eight stages in one day, and it's a long day. We start too late and we go too late. And um, would five stages a day? Do you think be not we did five enough? Five stages for, the first day. Yeah, you know, five and five make yeah, it a ten that'd, day, two that'd day. Be reasonable. 
yeah, yeah. that would be reasonable. I, th- I think we could have uh, we could easily done ten stages. Yeah, okay. but uh, no, I mean the, the the timing was was fine. It's like there's I don't see anything wrong with like having a more relaxed shoot where you're you know you've got some time in between stages and that kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I shot with a, a group from Saskatchewan. Uh, really great guys, but really funny. And uh, uh, like Wes Stevens was there. Um, uh, Adam, How who's, did West uh, do? who's a really great shot. Wes did excellent. He uh, he got a, a stage DQ on one of the stages. Uh, which that's why I asked. I knew that. I just <laughs> I, I know I know you wanted to go there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rhetorical question, if you will. Absolutely. Are you are you going to go go button on this, or are you just going to like that's just going to be get a pass? <laughs> um, about the fact that it was a stage DQ and not a match DQ. Yeah, well, that's at the prerogative of the organizers. Um, you're shooting outlaw matches. Do what you want. So um, mm-hmm. would I do it? No, but it's their match, man. Run it the way you see fit. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was really good being on their squad. There was there were like two squads there that were that had like amazing shooters in them, and uh, and that this was one of them. So uh, Wes is a great shooter. Adam's a great shooter, and uh, seeing both those guys uh, uh, shoot um, really showed me where I need to like pick up my game. Um, I I took tenth overall because after those first two stages, I kind of didn't do so all that great. I did really well in the long range, like my rifle. It's nothing I have to do on it. My, as long as the thing runs, uh, I I can shoot my rifle competitively with the, with like great great shooters in Canada with factory um, ammo. With factory ammo, yeah, fifty-five yeah. grain. Yeah. At what distance? Uh, we shot out to three hundred. Three hundred, which is not. It's not far. That's not far. It's not far. <laughs> <laughs> it's far. You know, I'm not a fan of a stage where the arrow has to tell you whether or not you've hit. You literally stopped in the video and turned around and spoke to the arrow. That blows my mind. Like, how much time is lost by you having to confirm if you hit or not? No, I knew I hit. I just wanted to stop and say, I hit, right? And that it, wasn't a, it, it wasn't a question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like a stage. I understand. Like, oh, just... Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that we've got at, at Chaz is those flasher things, and those are yeah. amazing for those long ranges. Like at 100 and 200, you can hear it. At 3, 4, it's getting dicey on whether you hear it or not. So why do we go to that distance then? Why do we build stages that have shot so long that it takes three men and a baby to confirm the hit? Or a flasher, or an electronic flasher. Because uh, what, like, what are you trying to test with a, with a, a rifle in a competition? A rifle should be man accurate out to like 500 meters. You should be yeah. able to shoot your rifle out to 500 meters. So right. like the but fact that we've got all these problem. rifle stages where you're hosing stuff at like two meters, it's like, what's the point of that? Okay. But you need, you need to come up with a really consistent way to ensure that each competitor receives confirmation in the same way every time. Otherwise it's not fair from one competitor to the next. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. So it sounds uh, like I have to invent something. No, you don't. Just use what? the electronic flashers, the little LED guys, the T1000s that Magneto Speed has. Those okay. were awesome. So I hit the target, it flashes. Yep. And then and then I'm assuming the arrow's seen it, and I move on. And you see it, yeah. You don't okay. even need to. Uh, yeah, there. The, you don't even need to yell hit if you don't want to, right? That's uh, that's a that's a style choice now. Mm. Moving on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I got a list of things I want to do better. 
Uh, one is committing my stage plan to memory. Uh, that stage that I got second on was one where you didn't have to commit it to memory. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, basically an accuracy and speed test for your shotgun and rifle. And uh, I passed. My, my accuracy and speed on my shotgun and rifle are fine. Um, what I, Where I, I didn't do so well on were the stages where you could shoot some targets from multiple positions. Uh, I would double hit some of the targets and I missed two over the over the entire match which is too many mm-hmm. um having a fail to engage on a, on a couple targets is enough to uh really ruin that, your uh, ruin your day. yep yeah uh so that's one thing that i want to work on is uh, is memorizing my stage plan visualizing it better and uh committing it to memory uh i have to replace my ar trigger again I had, uh, I don't know if you saw it in that video there, Trevor, but uh, on a couple of them, you saw me racking the AR when it didn't really need to be racked. And that's because uh, that hammer was uh, following the bolt and I got a dead trigger when I pull, pulled it. So Dang, No, I did not see that. Yeah, so I need, to, uh, I need to figure out what's going on there or replace it again, which that's unfortunate because my first, like my, the stages I ran it, uh, and I ran my gun. It was it was amazing. I was like, it, it ran just fine. The accuracy is good. And the speed's really good with that trigger as well because it's got a, a, a short reset. And a lot of uh, three gun, you're double tapping close targets with rifle and then shooting farther stuff, right? So controlled uh, you, pairs. Controlled pairs. Yeah. No, they're not controlled pairs when they're like <laughs> <laughs> three meters away. You pull it up and you see some brown in the scope. You're like, ah! <laughs> Slap, slap, slap. No. Slap the heck out of that thing. <laughs> All right. What are you going? Do you have one picked out? I do not have one picked out. Um, I heard the hyper. Uh, I got to try a hyper fire. That was good. The um, Kelvin, Kevin trigger from mm-hmm. Timney was, is, it looks really good as well. Um, what about the guys? Decided? No. Okay. I want a cassette style uh, trigger. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I will not get a componentized trigger. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. This one here, this is in my um, stag rifle or my STI rifle. Mm-hmm. That's at JP Industries, and it's I've had two Geisleys. It's nicer than both of them, but it's a uh, what did you call it? Com- componentized. Yep. Okay. Or cassette, where it's like all one. You're unit, making right? you're making up words. It's I might true. be making up words. Yeah, yeah I do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm an internet expert. I make up my own words. Right. You got a blog. So yeah. you're yeah, it's legit. That, that word is what they're called now. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> FYI. Uh okay, yeah, anyways, I gotta replace that trigger. Uh my nine millimeter on my Glock, I need to seat my bullets in a little bit further. I had a couple that were a little bit too long and they didn't go into battery. And rather than looking at it and popping it into battery, I did the caveman thing and tap racked it every time and gave myself a double feed. Twice? <sighs> Twice or three times. Double feeds are hard to uh, to fix on the clock. It's almost like we taught you how to do this in a class recently. Failure to go into battery? Double feed. Not f- well, do- yeah. Once you're into a double feed, like, good God, that's that's terrible. Like, <laughs> I'd rather avoid getting into the double feed in, in the first place. I could have, I, you know, if, if I would have, uh, the other thing I've, I've practiced and I can do is you tilt the gun up. And if you see the, uh, uh, the barrel isn't locked in with the slide, you... <laughs> slap the back of the gun and 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 go right mm-hmm. bad part about that is maybe it was a squib and you just slap that thing in and <laughs> now you're gonna pull a trigger on a squib but nah. yeah what are you gonna do uh yeah so i'm gonna uh load some some of my nine mil a little bit shorter i'm gonna have to do that 
geez, tomorrow night because I got a match on Saturday and I have like all the ammo I have is a little bit too long. So I need to push those guys in a little bit further. Now, be careful um, when you do that because reducing the internal volume capacity in the case it means you got the same amount of powder burning, but less room for that powder to create gas and your mm -hmm. pressure spike. I did yeah. this with some N40 is a bad one to do it with. My 40 ammo was too long and I shortened it and I shortened it again. And my power factor jumped up to like 200 when it was supposed to only be 170. I'm using like a pretty powder puff load with uh, uh, tight groups. So it's uh, it, the, the pressure shouldn't be too high uh, with it, but Okay. I don't know. And I, I, I was seeing them a little bit long. Just, I don't know. I don't know as why. long as you're nowhere near max and stuff, you should be all right. No. No. I mean, I wasn't either, but 40 is a high pressure load anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. Uh, one of the other things I need to work at is just not getting flustered at my like equipment problems. There's a couple of times where the af those aforementioned things happen. Like my AR would, uh, you know, I'd have to rack it or, or my nine mil, you know, getting a double feed. And, uh, I didn't try to go faster, but I did get flustered and frustrated, and that hurt me. With some uh, some guys, when they when you can see it midway through a stage, some something small goes wrong, and all of a sudden they get this effort attitude. And uh, uh, I didn't like get a full blown case of that, but I got a little case of that, and mm -hmm. uh, I could see it afterwards. I'm like, oh man, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm still no. I'm shooting all. This this is not just the battle. This is the whole war. I gotta I gotta win the match, not the not the like just lose a stage, right? Yeah, I mean when you go into and you know when the earth falls right out of her, and you just say kind of eff it and keep going, uh, out of control and loose and stuff, you never give up till the till the match is done because the other guy ahead of you could be struggling even worse. You don't know. You can't control him. You can only control yourself, and you can make or break yourself in that moment when that happens. All right. If I say focus on the process, what does that mean to you? Which part of the process, like your shooting process, your stage process, your any of it. Right. So what happens when you focus on the process is you get, you reset your brain. You consciously make your mind think about the process. All of a sudden it's like, okay, I need to be smooth here not go full Mongo. I need to look inside the mag well when I do my next mag change. I need to make sure that I see my front sight uh, sight settle squeeze, as Andrew would say. You know, put something in your in your conscious mind that has to deal with the process and it takes you it puts you back in the game because you're not thinking about the screw up that you just had and how you all of a sudden have to try even harder. It grounds mm -hmm. you and takes you back to basics. If you want to improve on this Get your hands on the book with winning in mind. If you haven't read it yet, you should. And then we can discuss it at length off of the air so that the listeners don't kill themselves. And um, <laughs> it, will, it will definitely help you deal with those situations. It will help you recognize when they're happening and you will automatically kick into a better recovery plan that involves you just resetting your brain by focusing on process not outcome, not the accident that's happening, and carry on with your match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can fix that. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. Maybe read that, uh, or maybe I'll get the audio. Is there an audio book? Absolutely. There must be an audio book. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. after you get the after you get the book with winning in mind, then you want to get building the triad. 
and the triad is where you talk about your conscious mind, your self-image, and um, what's the third one? I can't remember. It doesn't is that, matter. Is that the Live, Love, Life book? Is that, is no, that what you're talking no, about? No, it's not that at all. No. No. What else have you done? Uh, okay, so back to the, the BC three thing gun. there. Yeah. yeah, Well, it's all three gun all the time. Uh, I, 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 I need to work on my pistol more. with one gun that pissed me off recently. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, it's, it's coming. It's coming. You come to that? All right, I'll wait for it. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Uh, I need to work on my pistol. Um, the it was definitely the slowest part. Like I was mentioning, the shotgun rifle. I, I'm right up there. Uh, those are like definitely okay. top ten worthy at a, so, at a national match. Let me back you up. Yeah. To say I need to work on my pistol is like a child saying when they have a bow and arrow in their hand, I need to shoot a bullseye. We all need to work on our pistol, Adriel. Okay. You but you, like, you can see the show notes, right? I got some other stuff. I'll just on pistol, like uh, speed, getting into out of positions, target transitions, or is, is another thing I need to work on. I could see other people. Um, I could shoot a target fast. Mm-hmm. I can't transition as smoothly as some other people. I watched some of Wes's videos, for example, and uh, one interesting thing from his video was the smoothness in his uh, target transitions mm-hmm. and the speed that he got back on target. And I looked at mine and it's like, oh, oh, oh no, it's nowhere close. <laughs> stop and go, stop and go. And and, so. and uh, even my choice of which targets I engaged was incorrect as well. Uh, so that's uh, that was definitely where I could have improved. I had I, I could focus a little bit more on accuracy and re- reduce some of my makeup shots. That'll save me a little bit of time, but more of the time was uh, definitely in speed and getting in and out of positions, shooting in and out of positions, and uh, target transitions. So target transitions, we discussed that. Look at the target and the gun will follow. Target order, the order in which you engage targets, the target you come in on, the target you leave on, huge. huge oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. You need to talk to some experienced shooters when they're doing their walkthrough and, and flat out ask them. Uh, which target are you coming in on? Which target are you leaving on? And there's ways where you can shoot an array in a logical order with the recoil of the gun. Like, you, you know, a guy who comes up to an array and says, okay, that's four rounds or that's eight rounds, and then I'm going to reload and move over here. Okay, but eight rounds in what order? Which target are you coming in on? Which target are you leaving on? It's not just enough anymore to remember where you're going to do your mag change. It's knowing which target makes the most sense to engage first and which target to engage last as you're leaving the shooting area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that, uh, I definitely saw that with some of the competitors. Like that's the nice thing about being on a squad with some really good shooters. You can see that and be like, Oh, that's the order I should have used. Ah, if I see this kind of thing again, I'm going to do it that way because like it's, it's clearly better. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not for me, but uh, bad levers definitely can be hazardous to your match. I don't know if you've saw, seen this at uh, your club, but uh, uh, definitely don't use a bad lever if it doesn't poke out the right side of your trigger so you can just do a clean sweep on it. And uh, uh, don't use one if you're unfamiliar with ARs. We had a couple uh, a couple shooters get DQ'd uh, with bad levers, and uh, it's it's a crappy way to end, to end your match. Yeah, Muffin... Muffin day one of a two those two separate matches once he was like six rounds in first stage and when he went to do his mag change he hit the bad lever and kept going to the trigger launched around over the berm snuffleupagus same thing in the maze did the mag change hit the bad lever kept going to the trigger popped one into the berm 
Yeah. Uh, you know what I like my bad lever for most of all? Locking the gun open. Locking the bolt gun. Yeah. Locking the bolt open is really nice because you can do it. If with, I'm putting a know, mag probably. in the gun, my thumb is right there, right where Eugene Stoner designed it to be. So, you know, it's like when a guy puts a mag in a gun, his thumb stops right there. Maybe we should put a control right there. Wouldn't that make logical sense? Yeah. So, well, I mean, at a, at a three gun match, you're like, if you're doing what you should be doing, you're not, you're not running it to bolt lock exactly, anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, I thought I'd put that PSA out there. While I'm at it, PSA, if you're going to run a Shadow 1 or a Shadow 2, get make sure your holster is tightened right the heck down. Because <laughs> like those two things, Shadows jumping out of holsters and bad lever ADs are are uh, responsible for like 80% of our... D- They're DQs. destroying our sport. <laughs> <laughs> They're destroying some people's enjoyment of our sport, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all in all, like the, yeah, the BC match was super fun. Uh uh, a lot of shooting, a lot of really talented shooters out there. And uh, I think what I want to do is, oh, I don't know about this yet, but uh, Phoenix, there, there's an indoor range here in Edmonton that runs Ipsic like weekly, like mini matches kind of thing. I might do that because that would really sharpen my stage breakdown skills and my pistol skills. Absolutely, Adriel, get after it. I was just going to say, like, I know you shoot a lot of three gun, but if you have time, make make time for Ipsic because it's going to sharpen up your pistol game. And it's going to sharpen up your stage breakdown and how to, how to plan a stage better. And those finer points, like if I stay here, I can take this one, this one, this one and eliminate a whole position. And on this particular array, it makes more sense to come in on this one and leave on that one. Totally. Yeah. That's all the, and shooting on the move, uh, reloading on the move, keeping safe on your 90, Breaking down stages, like it's all like that's all strengths of Ipsic, and I think I might start shooting that just to. Uh, I was going to say, out. check out my Instagram videos from SummerSlam, but then I remembered, no, Alex's videos, man. Check out Alex Burdett's videos yeah. on his Instagram. That's that's amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. You got to be always shooting, always shooting, moving and shooting, moving and shooting, moving and shooting, and you flow over the stage like water. Start, stop, start, mm-hmm. stop is death. Always be moving. Yeah. Uh, so after a, a full two days of uh, three gun last weekend, I have a full two more days of three gun this weekend. Uh, this will be at Chaz, though. Uh, on Wednesday, which is yesterday, I shot uh, Maple Seed at Chaz. Uh, so Kelly and the crew all came out uh, Tuesday night and stayed over at my place. And uh, we went out to Chaz uh, Wednesday to shoot the the maple seed there's a bunch of uh chaz execs that shot it they want to bring uh, more maple seed to alberta and to to the range uh i brought my son my oldest uh he he learned a ton it was great for him uh the marlin 795 the length of pulls too long for him uh i found there's a there's a stock uh, called an ht60 which is a plastic stock with an adjustable air style stock rear stock on it so I might buy one of those because then it would allow some movement back and forth and some expandability and I could use it with both my boys. Right. Mm-hmm. I like it. Good idea. Yep. Yep. I've got some trigger parts on the way from M carbo. So the seven ninety five trigger is not very good. It's kind of uh, pretty no. heavy. <laughs> now I don't uh, know if M carbos improve the quality of that, but uh, Matthews put at least one, maybe two M carbos in seven ninety fives and ended up getting weak primer strikes. Hmm. I'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I use M Carbo in my 597. Swear mm-hmm. by it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll find out in mine. I mean, I'm looking for something that uh that's gonna last a long time and and you know, last a 
you know, thousands, thousands around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did pass my MQT. I shot mm-hmm. it with my uh, uh, Norinco NS522, which is that bolt action five round mag thing. So here's where I would normally smash the go button. I mean, smash it, right? We we talk about all the time about how people don't read the maple seed emails. They don't watch the maple seed videos that are there to help you prepare for this thing. Kelly's on the show every week talking about maple seed. Matthew and I talked about our maple seed experience. One of the things we keep harping on is the importance of a semi-auto so that you don't have to constantly readjust your natural point of aim. You're shooting under, under time pressure. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to get the shots off in some uncomfortable, awkward positions for some people, you have to do it without losing your natural point of aim. If you lose your natural point of aim, you're going to lose your accuracy. You have to reacquire your natural point of aim. All this takes time. So to shoot this with a bolt-action rifle, you're literally shooting yourself in the foot. Like, why would you? They're slow. They're awkward. You have to reacquire a natural point of aim. You're going to run out of time. These are the all the things. The bump that you get from them isn't worth it either because it's like you're at 25 meters, right? Right, right. I mean, you're right. The accuracy bump is negligible for this kind of shooting. I would have I would have shot it with my Marlin 795, but I, w- the thought was I'll, I'll give that to Carson so he can uh, he yeah. can run it rather than I right, want. As a good father, you want your son to have an enjoyable experience. Uh, yeah. I get all that. And then on top of everything else, you did it with an Arinko bolt action. Now, I know this rifle. I've fired this rifle. I've seen this rifle fired um, on paper, shoot amazing groups. And I've seen you, while I'm laying prone in the dirt, shooting gophers at 100, I've seen you pick them off at 100 just offhand, freestyle. Well, Math- Matthew is using that thing a couple of years ago and just devastating them. Yeah. 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 So it's like a, a like a cheap Norinco clone, but it's one of the most accurate, if not the most accurate bolt action 22 I've ever seen. But I was still going to give you a hard time. I was like, why would you do this to yourself? And then I saw your scores. And uh, I've never been the same since. <laughs> Just, well, to yeah. be fair, this is the second case. Okay, I shot a maple seed uh, three Last weeks year. ago. Well, you New shot Brunswick. it. No, you shot you shot an, AQ, an MQT at the charity shoot last year. Correct, but that was that wasn't like a full maple seed day. That was no, the MQT. Was, no, that was you shot stage, an MQT, right? right? And then you shot a full maple seed in New Brunswick a couple of weeks ago at the charity shoot. Yes, and what was your high score that time? Uh. You didn't not do yours? as well. Not no, 237. No, not no. 237. Now, it's mine a 37 or 39. Mm. Stand by. I think it's an I think it's a 9. Hold on. Well, while you're grabbing that, I can let the listeners know I shot a 236. Now, a 210's rifleman, right? I shot a 236, a 237 and a 243. That's out of a possible 250 points. So, nope, with the 2 with the 243, it's uh 7 7 points down total. Yeah. My my best is a 237. So you went and laid down a two forty three, yeah, with a Chinese bolt action rifle. Yeah, the the real key there was uh, prone, like clearing that prone stage completely. Always is. You got five minutes yeah. if you t- if you take it. Yeah, you could do that stage with a bolt action in five minutes. I still hate you, like <laughs> I like I like a spider bite, maybe a bad sunburn, a sprain, not a broken bone or anything like. Maybe maybe you could drop your motorcycle. That'd be okay. Mm-hmm. No, once so I shot my first one and I, and I, I hit uh, two thirty seven on it. I'm like, oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, your confidence must have just went right through the roof. 
Oh, I'm like, I don't, I don't look it, but I'm super competitive about this kind of stuff. So it burned me last, the, the last MQT I shot where I just shot the three of them and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get into that 237 mark. So with this one, I'm like, nah, I'm going to be Trevor. They're like, what do you want to get out of it today? It's like, mm, got a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I got something I got to do. <laughs> I got some unfinished business I need to take care of. Somebody yeah. needs to be taken down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> well, it darn. was a rush. So, like running a bolt, um, I'm I'm pretty fast on a bolt on a bolt action rifle. I'm a fast shooter. I shoot three gun, and I and, and my long range, my rifle shooting is very good. Um, but it was a, it was a rush um, going from standing to sitting uh, and shooting from that that uh, position. I would have like two or three seconds left. I would fire my last shot, and this is really rushing. Fire my last shot, and they'd be like, ceasefire. And I'm like, cool, I made it. Because <laughs> if you <laughs> if you don't fire that last shot, it's like, oh, there goes five points, right? So that was tight. Um, really great, though. Like, my, my son took a ton out of it. Kelly spent, like, basically, like, her whole day with my son, uh, making sure they had a great time and, and teaching him the fundamentals and getting him going. And uh, I really appreciate it because... Uh, he learned a ton, and uh, he was so super pumped about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, while Rick and Kelly and the whole and Greg were uh, were at my place, uh, they also wrote me into. Uh, I I kind of wanted to get into it too, but they wrote me into the uh, getting into the instructor program for uh, for Maple Seeds. So uh, I'll do what I can to uh, to get that program out and uh, and and get more. I guess local local MQTs going, local Maple Seeds going here in Alberta. Yeah, because I think it's a good program. Uh, it, it, I think, it, like volume wise, it trains a ton of people, and I think that part is really important, uh, just in getting more riflemen uh, and more people into um, shooting properly. It's like uh, I was talking with them about uh, uh, like the ease of, of of hitting riflemen, and it's like and it's not easy, right? Uh, so, like, I don't know. I, I've been shooting since I was like five, though, so it was like how come more people can't shoot a rifleman? And it's just because like, we need to get those skills out there and need to get people more proficient. Right. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, that is a, as a mission is, uh, is fantastic. It aligns with, with, with what I, I want to do in terms of getting more support for the sport. And, uh, while I'm into three gun more, I think getting more people maple seed qualified, uh, now, uh, will help my sport in the long run. Uh, a rising tide raises all oh, ships kind of thing. You got it. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Anyways, so that's been my <laughs> that's been my week. I've I've got more three gun stuff here coming up. I got a meeting tonight and uh and then two days worth of matches uh this weekend. So should be lots of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Why don't we get into upcoming events? Uh Jason oh sorry you got some? No, I said sure yeah. go for it. Yeah. All right. Jason Phelps got one here. Guys, trying to pre-plan for the MSCA Provincial here in Manitoba, September 15th, 16th weekend. Uh, they're going to have a great shoot. Um, if you're planning to come or know anyone who the, wants to come, uh, come, please have them reach out to me either directly by via Manitoba Sporting Clays at mymts.net or via cell. Do we put the cell number here? Why not? You see, he emailed it to us. 204-223-5647. I love that, 223. Uh, And I'll do whatever I can to help support or guide your decisions to make the weekend right for you. And, um, hey, now that that cell phone number is out there, guys, I encourage you to use it irresponsibly. 
is that Jason's cell phone number or is that someone like maybe he forwarded this email on? Hold on, I'll tell you. I got Philip's number in my phone here. Okay, good. Because <laughs> that's What's not the number. The, uh, Does it end in zero three six three? No. That's not Philip's personal cell phone number. All right, fine. We'll have Don't. to give that out, out on the air another day. Oh, he's been too good to me. I can't do that. Because the second I do that, <laughs> it would be like my inbox would be flooded with clowns. His inbox would be flooded with probably Richard Picks from all our listeners. Mm. Yep. All right. Three gun events. Uh, aforementioned, hey, yeah, we got two days of uh, shooting at Chaz. We're going to do a three gun match on the August the 11th. Uh, and then we're going to have a two gun historical shoot on the 12th. That'll be, you know, bringing out your old, old guns uh, or don't just bring out a rifle, any old rifle and pistol. Uh, I'm actually so looking forward to doing one of those, like, cause I never shoot my mill serps. So it'd be a perfect yeah. excuse. And oh, that's what the, I want. I want an excuse to, to shoot my mill serps, right? Yep. One of the yeah. guys at Filthy's range is talking about doing one this fall. And, uh, oh, our three gun is red, coming Red up. October. Eh, Do a red nice. October. Yeah. <clears throat> I like it. Our three gun is actually being moved to September 1st. So it was going to be now it's September 1st, three gun. Mm -hmm. Then it's a class with Alex Burdett from X metal for the eighth and the ninth the following weekends, the provincial. And then I got nothing until the Nova Scotia provincial and the Nova Scotia three gun. So when October rolls around, we should have the range packed up and I could play with my mill serps. Ooh, cool. Uh, let's see. Lakeland Three Gun is having a match on August 18th. Uh, Northwest Three Guns having a match on the 25th. Wapiti's Three Gun Championship is August 25th and 26th. This is going to be their two-day uh, non-points event. I'm going to start doing this with IPSC matches, you know. Announcing? Yeah. Like sure. every IPSC match in the country? No, you should just direct people to a website that says, hey, oh, you're looking yeah. for Three Gun. Threegun.ca then. Yeah. You could just say that. You could say that because they're all in one place. Are you looking for a three-gun match? Well, we got a website for you. Hey, are all the IPSC matches on one website? Um, yes, for each province. <laughs> so that, so no. <laughs> well, I mean, if I want to know if there's a match in Quebec, I go to IPSC Quebec. If I want to a match in Alberta, I go to IPSC Alberta. Yeah. Someone should make a website that just combines them all. Wouldn't that be interesting? All right. Uh, Maple Sea, they still have some events coming up in Regina, Saskatoon, Edmonton, they just finished. Uh, Lethbridge, Tabor, and Edson next week. Some of these might have already passed. Let's move on. Uh, new gun stuff. SLRs are shipping, right? You don't say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, limited numbers, but uh, they are going out there. Yep. Um, some people are getting anodized, and some people, I think they're talking about like not anodizing anymore and going to seracoding just because they've had so many problems with uh, their anodizers. Mm, I know yours no. is fine. I, I No, I don't think. I think they're just going to offer anodizing as an option. I don't, I haven't, how many problems have you heard about with anodizing? I've seen problems with uh, anodizing in the uh, magwell, like just finish problems. It, it wouldn't affect performance. And if you like, like to be fair, if I got one of these things, I don't know if I'd really care because I mangle all my guns with Dremels and, and, and whatnot anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you were like really picky and you got one of the ones with anodizing problems, you might, you know, you might not want it with that stuff on it. You um, could send it back and he just toss it in the polisher and then anodize again too. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is not a, a functional uh, problem right. or anything. Right? But I mean, it, anodizing is obviously done third party. Mm -hmm. So that, that sucks that he's then going to get flack for somebody else who's not anodizing well. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I can't yeah, believe the haters cool. out there about this project. The CGN thread. There are people in the CGN Maccabee defense thread whose only purpose in life is to get on there and poop on the project. Yeah, I get it. it. You don't way. want one. Yeah. Go away. Mm -hmm. That's CGN, though, in general. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so those are coming out. Uh, the WK-180s are coming out as well. Um, oh, the SLRs are out. The WKs are coming out. Just No. Just no, they're like they've got a hundred of them out already. What the WKs? Oh yeah, I, people... I I held one on the weekend. You heard that right? Like they, yeah, they're, they're getting shipped out to people. I, he had a jersey. I thought he was a, a shooter for them or something. He's a shooter for them, but like he, that that's his WK one eighty. So people are getting them. They're shipping out. There's some CGN threads of uh, end users using them. Oh, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. They're they're going out. So where's yours? Boy, that's the second time you asked. <laughs> just well, trying to throw, throw salt in the wound here. <laughs> you're just so confident that you would have yours before I got my SLR. Oh, so confident. So confident. I failed. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But you are now sometimes. the Canadian maple uh, seed high score record holder. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know about that. There's no, there's no other 243 in Canada. Mm, are you sure? Is there like a central place to check? Yeah, called Kelly. Hmm. There's a, oh wait, or is there a two forty seven? There might be a two forty seven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or seven be points some off, scores. and you're tied. Anyway, we need to find out because if you have the highest score in Canada, I'm gonna brag about it. If you're not, mm. I'd be like, I know a guy. I'll live it's pretty good with twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's look at some new guns here. So the uh, uh, Blue Line Solutions is actually bringing in the GSG Firefly twenty two. Uh, this is the it's the Sig looking one that's made by GSG. It's got like a little threaded barrel at the end. They're bringing them in in a couple of different colors. They look kind of cool. I don't even know if you're talking about a rifle or a handgun at this point. Handgun. It's a handgun. Okay. It's a 22 handgun GSG. It looks like a Sig. It's 420 bucks MSRP. Oh, so it's um, like the Sig Mosquito, but made by GSG. I'm pretty sure the Sig Mosquito was made by GSG before. GSG has always been making them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, don't like it. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys at my three gun club uses one. Uh, like not for three gun, and uh, has all sorts of great stuff to say about it. Hmm. Anyways, uh, FN uh, uh, North Silva is bringing in the FN five and nine tactical. This one has uh, really tall sights and uh, uh, it's red dot ready. So those are kind of neat. Uh, if you like FN, let's see. Which I do. And uh, is it striker fired? It's the five hundred nine, right? Yeah, yeah, so I see like the safe, yeah. trigger safety there. So yeah. red dot installed with co-witness sights, threaded barrel. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Uh, what else we got here? Magpul's coming out with eyewear, like safety really? glasses. Yep. Yep. They're, I don't know, they look like regular safety glasses. I don't know. Maybe they're going to be really good for the price. That's kind of what Magpul's known for is making stuff that's generally pretty, pretty good quality products for the price. So. Curious mm. to see what they do with that. Uh, Blue Line's also bringing in the ISSC Raptor pistol. Uh, these look more like, uh, oh, it's a scanic. They like, kind of look, look like a canic. Was that a decocker on the side? What is that? It's got a hammer. No, it'll be a safety. It looks like an Astyr MA1. That's what that looks like. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So. Again, kind of neat if that's if that's what floats your boat. It does not. Does not. Okay. 
uh, uh, uh. yeah if, if you want to pick that next one there since you got it open the um smith and wesson sport 2 yes they're on so sale they're $660 wowzers mm-hmm. yep the air market has crashed um so what i like about this gun well, there was one at the range just yesterday uh, it comes with a flat top upper, but the front is like M4ish, right? It's got that M4 style handguard and an A2 front sight. Um, but the barrel profile, man, it's not a government profile. It's a, it's a, I don't want to call it a bull barrel because it's not a heavy profile barrel, but it's not a government profile. It's the same width diameter the whole way through. Yeah, it's I like it when they do that. Difficult. Me too. The government profile where it's like, well, we'll make the gas block this big and then we'll make it thin in the middle so we can put a grenade launcher on there. Like no civilian needs that stuff. Just yeah. just keep it consistent and give us a stiffer barrel. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm building some kind of clone of a military gun, right, and I want it to look the same, sure. But otherwise, for a sporting rifle, just give me a consistent profile. Yep. Mm. Uh, the next one here, CTC Supplies, has the Terran Tactical John Wick Combat Master Glock 34. Thirteen hundred bucks. Not a firearm for everyone. No, no, I guess not. Um, I love this gun. I would love it more with the finger grooves removed. They got some grip reduction going on there. Some nice stippling. Mm-hmm. Terran Tactical Slide. That's a nice gun. But Just I'm not everything. Sure. Just everything you can do to a Glock and make it still look like sleek. Yep. Yeah. It's based on a thirty-four length slide. Um, it's cool, man. I don't know if it's three thousand dollars. Cool. I mean, this is like when they say not a firearm for everyone, this is for people who want like a super cool Glock and they have like a lot of cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is fair. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there's pistols out there like that. I mean, if, if you've been in uh, in a lot of gun shops, they've got a couple of like handguns that are in the five to ten thousand dollar range. And when they're like engraved and whatever, sure. When they're like a SIG that's engraved and... <laughs> got a bunch of crazy gold on it and that kind of thing that's for a certain kind of buyer not for everyone right yeah there's a nine thousand dollar sig at uh, the calgary shooting center some swiss commemorative whatever Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's a yeah that's a good example uh let's see here tenda's got some barn all so this stuff like was hard to find not being imported whatever i guess they got some uh 760 by 39 lead core non-corrosive new production a uh, thousand for three ninety nine. That's, I mean, it's lead core and it's non corrosive, so you're paying more for it. I mean, we've we've gotten you know twelve hundred, fourteen hundred rounds of the corrosive stuff for as low as two fifty for a while. Right but, now, your fourteen hundred round cases are going for right around three fifty to three ninety nine for the yeah. corrosive stuff. Yeah, this is a pretty good deal. This is a good deal because it's non corrosive and lead and new production. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my SKSs need this in in their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, yeah. man. Yeah, I got those. Uh, Spectre, uh, Spectre Ballistics finished their 1022 chassis. Um, it's uh, aluminum. It uses AR style buttstocks. It's got M lock on the front. Um, I don't know. Is there much to say about it other than that? It's 1022 uh, chassis. Yep, but it's it's cool, man. It, it's a little MDT LSS esque. Mm-hmm almost skeletonized if you will it's aluminum but it's it's classy it doesn't make it look like a wannabe air 15 right Mm -hmm. uh, it's got nice lines now the grip that they chose to use for this photo shoot 
looks awkward and bulky and it's hanging off the back of the receiver and, and it doesn't kind of ugly kind of ugly doesn't go yeah. flush against the trigger guard so as long as you got options for ar grips that fit better than that thing you're all set yeah. and it also needs a, a matador magazine release on there but besides that ooh, 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 what about a folder oh yeah yeah that you don't need there's no buffer in there you don't need that buffer tube you could just like put a folder on there and ooh. Compact 10.2. Yep. Yep. This would be great. It's nice and stiff weight wise. It doesn't look like there's enough there to make it heavy. Might be a cool project for a maple seed gun. I was thinking the exact same thing. Now, uh, maple seed had uh, like a collapsible stock AR thing that, uh, that my boy ended up using because it gave the correct length of pull for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, This would do it as well. And this is aluminum. Whereas that other one was uh, a plastic stock, right? I think with this one, they have some way of anchoring the action so that stiffens it as well. It free floats the barrel. Yeah, and they've definitely got some different anchor points in there to uh, to stiffen the uh, the whole setup. So you might get better accuracy with one of these things. I bet if I had a 1022, they'd let me borrow one and I could test it. You want me to send you a 1022? Do you got one? It's like on the shelf there. I have three. Do you have a one that's like stock? I have stock. one that's I like I mean like bone stock. It was built in 1984. Nothing's ever been touched. It's old school. You actually have to depress the magazine release up inside the receiver. It doesn't have that little plastic tab sticking at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then I've got one old that school. too old school. Yeah, too old school. Yeah. I've got the one with the camo stock and the Cerakoted barrel and receiver. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that would be the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, you let me know. All right. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we move on to the main topic? Yes. Joining us this week, we have Richard Bone. Some of you may remember Richard from a fundraiser we did for him a couple of months back. Richard is a longtime CCFR member and resident of Alberta. Uh, Richard, welcome back to Slamfire Radio. Thank you very much. I must say, sir, you were sounding much better than the last time we spoke. Oh, yeah, it's been almost a year since then. So, yeah, there's been quite a bit of improvement. Amazing. So do you want to maybe give an update for the listeners who are aware of, of what happened? Maybe uh, why, what was your illness and, and where you're at now? Yeah, sure. A um, year and a half ago, spring, and we found a lump in my neck uh, in an ongoing battle with cancers. And this one uh, turned out to be what's called, uh, oops, I just lost it. Um, a- anyway, it was a uh, a very difficult to find cancer and they had to go in and essentially reconstruct all of the left side of my throat and parts of my tongue taken out and uh, they gave me the nice uh, Colombian necktie and everything and uh, lots of nerve damage and lots of healing and recovery. And uh, the Slamfire guys here got together with a couple of sponsors and did a fundraising event and we did a radio show uh, while well, they had me on as a guest. And at the time, it was a little more difficult to speak than it is now. But through uh, lots of exercise with the throat and neck muscles and some good uh, therapies and hard work, it's uh, coming along pretty good. Yeah, we couldn't even wait for you to be healed before we got you on. We're really considerate like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Well, uh, again, thank you for joining us this week. Um, We're not here to talk about your illness or your recovery. We're here to talk about an event that you just went to recently uh, that was CCFR related. So why don't we go with the uh, who, what, when, where, and why. Uh, you were there, and 
what was this event? Uh, the event was a town hall to bring uh, Canadian firearms owners together. Um, this was spurred on by MP Glenn Motts out of Medicine Hat, and he and Tracy Wilson of the CCFR uh, were in communication, and uh, CCFR, through Tracy, agreed and said that we would do everything we could to find facilities for these events across the country that he's doing a tour, uh, bringing information about C-71 and other pertinent topics that kind of go hand in hand with it, such as C-75, et cetera. So uh, Tracy put a shout out to all of us here in Alberta with, I think we had five days to put this thing together. And the Calgary Shooting Center, uh, Jeff graciously offered up uh, his teaching range and we put it together in a matter of a few hours the guys came together and we had rentals for pa equipment and tables and chairs and everything in place the guys from the calgary area really uh really stepped up and made it happen in a hurry so we had the event uh michelle rempel was scheduled to uh attend as well and speak with mr Motts, but uh, unfortunately, she had uh, some conflicts and had to make a difficult choice and go on to the other her other uh, scheduled event. So, you know, it must have been important because she is a strong advocate for firearms owners all across Canada and uh, a fan <coughs> of the Calgary Shooting Center. She's been in there plenty of times, so I'm sure it was a decision she didn't take lightly, um, choosing to not be able to attend. Oh, absolutely! I I, I am sure it wasn't anything minor. No. But uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, okay. So, uh, who was all there? Uh, in attendance, uh, it was Glenn Motts, MP for Medicine Hat. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a bunch of our Alberta field officers. Um, who was it? <laughs> so, if I don't get everyone's names, I apologize. Now, we had Connor Ware, uh, Ralph. Sorry, I can't remember your last name. Uh, George McGee. He drove in from BC. I was going to say, you're going to forget somebody, Richard. It goes without saying oh, yeah. it's, it's just guy, how these things go. Yeah. The guy, the guys pulled together and a uh, few of us picked up items. And then for the next morning, other guys were dropping them off. So it, it was a, it, it came off like a very well-oiled machine on fairly short notice for it. And a big part of that is because, uh, Jeff stepped up at the Calgary Shooting Center there and yeah, gave us the facility to use, so we had at least a base starting point. So yeah, Col color me surprised. Jeff did something nice for someone else. Yeah, I'm and shocked. The, and the staff there, I got to tell you, they're very accommodating and very helpful. So very, awesome. very happy to have worked with them. So what was the format? What 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 took place? Was it uh, a, a series of keynote speeches, or was the media present? What exactly went down? Uh, I didn't really notice any media in the room. Uh, there was one fellow at the back and he did actually ask uh, rather pointed questions and he was taking a lot of notes. I can't remember if he was actually media affiliated or just doing his own thing. But uh, Glenn Motts had about half an hour or so of prepared dialogue. And then he went into question and answer period where there was a lot of concerns uh, voiced and uh, he answered them quite well and quite straightforward. And he, he draws from 35 years of police 
experience in Medicine Hat. He retired as an inspector at the end of it all. So he's he's coming from being on the street, the crime situation, and just what kind of things these guys, these criminals are willing to do that isn't us, you know. So given that this was a town hall format of meeting, um, am I correct in assuming that the public was invited to attend to listen to MP Mott speak? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I should have mentioned. Uh, we've been blasting out through all our social media outlets that this was a, an event that we wanted everyone to come to, whether they were a firearms owner or not. So, especially not. I prefer to speak about uh, Canadian firearms issues with people who don't own firearms and don't necessarily understand what our laws actually are, because through the media, you don't get the full story. You're getting one side of the story, and a lot of people just aren't aware. So we ended up, there was a lot of people, uh, obviously were firearms owners with their concerns, but there were a few that weren't firearms owners. And we had, I think it was, the final count was 75 attendees. So it turned out pretty good for a short notice thing. Excellent, excellent. And so what do you think is gonna come about this event? What can we expect to, to have happen from it, do you think? Well, my hope is uh, for it to snowball into larger rooms being needed and a lot more people attending. Uh, I, like I broadcast it live through the CCFR's main page there. So a lot of people saw it and a lot of people like were wishing they had a, been able to make it, but on such short notice, they weren't able to change their plans, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, as I understand, this was the first uh, town hall of its nature hosted by Mr. Motts. And he's planning on doing Edmonton and all the majors across the country. And hopefully we can get this to snowball and really get the word out on a, on a face-to-face basis as it was. Yeah, that was my, uh, my next question that this, I understood as well that this was the first one, but the whole idea behind these town hall meetings is that they are going to spread and be held in other cities. Um, Mr. Motts is going to do other town halls at other cities within Alberta. Are you aware if CCFR has been in contact with any other MPs to have this happen in other jurisdictions across Canada? Um, I think it's going to be on a event by event basis as far as other MPs coming out and joining Mr. Motts because he's the one spearheading this. He's taking this file on uh, based on on truth he doesn't he doesn't even he's not a pal holder currently he he's just a concerned guy he's going for his pal i I guess he's taking his course and so on but he sees he sees the inequities in all of this and he's coming from a police background he he knows that this isn't right so so mr motts an mp former police officer is holding town hall meetings to voice his opinion on things like c71 and c75 and what other kind of things did he speak about? Uh, that was the whole main gist of it. Um, well, when questions were, 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 can you think back to any of the more interesting questions that he had to uh, handle? Uh, well, there were questions that would pertain to uh, some of the penalties and so on that are, going, that are being lightened with the introduction of C-75 and there was a conversation, he reminded us back in the 80s when Calgary was having all kinds of gang issues and he was directly involved with that being in a jurisdiction neighbor in Calgary. And the Calgary mayor and 
citizens. They, nobody was crying out for any kind of silly gun bans. They were, they were cracking down on gangs. They had the cops. Um, he mentioned that the chief of police at the time went in and said, no more sitting behind your desk. Get out and walk the streets and say hello to the citizens and visitors of Calgary. Let them know that we're here. And he said that it turned everything around right quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, a police presence just sends a signal, a message to the residents in a community that, hey, we're here, we're here to help, we're here to patrol, we're here to police, and you never know when when or where you're going to see us. Uh, I'm working in a small town now. Uh, it's a town I grew up in. Uh, now I just, I don't live there, I work there, and I see crime on the rise in that town because the socioeconomic situation has just completely gone back to well before the golden age of the town, which was the 80s when the town had a lot of industry, had its own police force. The town has since lost everything, including its police force. So about once a month, the police roll into town to collect um, some some speeding tickets and they just roll into town, stop people, find them, and then leave again. It's almost like, hey, we just want to remind you that we're still around, guys. This isn't completely lawless yet. But for the most part, the hoodlums in the town know that uh, police response is at least 25 minutes away. Yeah, and that's where we're lucky in this in my town. We've got 7,000 people, but we've got a, a pretty good number of RCMP. We have a detachment right here in town. But I, even they're spread thin because the geographical area they have to cover there you can take a half hour drive out of town but the nearest officer might be in the other way so now we're looking at 45 minutes in some cases yeah so all the uh the attitude uh of calgary in the 80s to get out there and contact the citizens and make your presence known is a step in the right direction unlike toronto <laughs> where he says we need to ban handguns in the city and the sports shooters speak up and say, wait a second, I'm a resident of Toronto. I'm a law-abiding gun owner. I compete in competition. The mayor's answer was leave. Yeah, uh, uh, that's just shameful. It really it, is. It is shameful. It's disgusting. The, the segment of the population that isn't committing crime but owns guns is told to leave. So they leave. How is that going to affect the crime rates in Toronto when they're not the ones committing the crimes, the criminals are, and the criminals are using illegal guns that um, over 50% of the time are found to be smuggled in from the United States. So let's, let's get rid of the people who aren't doing anything and see what that does. Yeah. Um, look at England. It didn't work over there. I'm not sure why they think it's going to work over here. Yeah, violence. It's... They didn't get rid of the violent or they didn't. Yeah. They didn't. England didn't get rid of its violence. It got rid of one of the tools, and then they switched to swords, and then they switched to knives, and they still think throwing away knives will be the solution. It just yeah, exactly. Man. It's going to be hard to have those tomato and mayo sandwiches without cutting a knife. You did, everybody yeah. will have a spork, just like in jail. <laughs> so. Some of those, uh, some of those wood things, like you get in like a. a Tell, tell us more about um, maybe about the event or uh, kind of kind of the reception. Like how many how many people did you guys get out there? Uh, George counted seventy four people. In oh, the that's chair. pretty. That's a lot of people to to stuff into that range, eh? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, only. It was pretty pretty warm. We had about a dozen people standing up at the back, and uh, 
I mean, we were we had the table for Mr. Mott set up uh, about ten yards uh, away from the the backdrop there, ten or twelve yards from the backdrop, and we had the air moving system on because it was just getting really warm in there. So it, it was pretty interesting to be at that end of the range talking, as opposed to the other end shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be unusual. Very good. Well, uh, Richard, I'm going to thank you for coming on tonight to um, giving us a brief update on this important event. And if you're involved in any, other, in any of the other ones in the Alberta area, please reach out to us and let us know. And I'd love to have you back for another recap, see how things went. Absolutely. I'm uh, hoping to find out about uh, an Edmonton event coming up. Uh, I haven't heard any dates yet. I just, I've heard that there is going to be one. So hopefully... I'm able to make it up and at least be witness to it and uh, welcome people in and so on in the CCFR way. There's just one thing. Um, if you were in Edmonton, uh, can you do me a favor? Make sure you buy Adriel a sandwich. Buy him a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's just, a, a, subway, uh, a subway sandwich. Subway sandwich. Well, I told him last year I owed him a beer, so we'll get him a beer and a sandwich. 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 Yeah, sandwich. he'll take a sandwich before a beer. Uh, okay. I'm a sandwich guy. <laughs> Rightfully so, he's confused. That's good. That's good. Okay. You send me some Boulevard bucks and I'll buy that for him. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the kind of sandwich you're going to get, Adriel. The kind that's bought with Bolivar bucks. Oof. Yeah. Five finger discounts, Subway sandwich. Hey, eh? those yeah, are hard exactly. to hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Richard. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. You too. Bye. Bye bye. And thanks again to Richard for coming on <laughs> on such short notice and uh, letting us know how that went. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Call him up. Richard, yes, what did I do now? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we just thought maybe with absolutely no notice whatsoever, you could drop everything you're doing and come on Slamfire. Because that's how we do. That's how we do. Yes, make sure your audio is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he <yeah>. delivered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do this right away and don't screw up your audio. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, do you have YouTube open to uh, check for listener feedback over there? I did. Give me two seconds here. Tell you what, I'll I'll read the first uh, email in, and you can uh, then you can uh, head over to the YouTube. We'll kind of like mix and match them, candy cane them, right. if you will. Um, uh, first off, uh, listener feedback is sponsored by Highlander Tactical. Go to highlandertactical.com to check out their great supply of both outside and inside the waistband holsters today. Use promo code SLAMFIRE to check out and save 10% off your order. Uh, our first email here is from Sean S. Oh, it's to Kelly, and she's not even here. Hopefully she's listening. Maybe Greg's got it on like YouTube yeah. or live or something she's like at that. The, she's at the Goldfish's funeral listening. That's what she's doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think she's listening. Okay. Uh, it's just a Goldfish funeral. You don't, I don't even think you have to wear black, orange. You have to wear orange. Uh, dear Kelly... <laughs> Hopefully I'm still fresh enough in your memory that you remember me, but I was one of the two attendees at the August 6th Maple Seed at BTSA that earned a coveted rifleman patch during the feedback portion of the event. I'm sure you remembered some comments I made, entirely constructive, as I'm sure you know. Uh, But I left that day thinking to myself that those comments overshadowed how much I truly learned at the event. Using a loop sling is something I've never done since I began shooting a few years ago. And having the opportunity to learn and use this technique is something incredibly valuable that will be permanently part of my toolkit going forward as a shooter and a prospective hunter. 
the way you, Rick, and your troop of fantastic associates taught the course will allow me to pass on such knowledge to anyone I meet who is less experienced or curious about how to improve their abilities. I fully endorse Maple Seed and look forward to following your success in the future. As for the rest of the gang on the podcast, keep up the great work. I enjoy listening and keeping up with what's new and important in the Canadian shooting community and hope one day to see you guys at an action rifle match in Abbotsford one of these days. Sincerely, Sean S. I heard that comment uh, echoed the one about the uh, loop sling. Uh, one of the guys who uh, who shoots uh, uh, service rifle, he's like, oh man, like I've been doing this wrong the whole time. <laughs> and now that you guys have finally shown me, like I'm going to kick all kinds of butt. Uh, yeah, he was saying like, yeah, he was, I've been having my loop sling like way too low on my arm. And yeah, after, uh, after getting instruction on it, I mean, it's, it's such a crazy thing. It's like, yeah, okay. The hasty sling I get, we're going to, we're going to quickly use this, but the, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible what you can do with that sling when you take this little bit of material out of the H buckle. And instead of like using it to adjust the length of the sling, you put your arm through it. Yeah, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like boom super solid <laughs> yeah i like that so much that next time i go to a maple seed i'm bringing two i'm gonna because you have to change the length when you change yeah i'm just gonna set one up for sitting and kneeling and set one up for prone you know when i was at uh when i was at the maple seed in uh new brunswick i brought my own sling and i had kelly's sling so that's what i did i used her uh, sling. i used mine right. for the job yeah yep you got the uh, YouTube listener feedback? Yeah, there? there's no question. Somebody says I've got a booger in my nose, and that's about it. There's good uh, feedback. Good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. There's really awesome. nothing there. Um, you know, Wes says uh, bad levers work for me. Twenty five rounds and flawless function. <laughs> so yeah. All right. What about the next email then? Cool. Uh, yeah, I can read that one. All right. From Ernie S. No need for super fast. Uh, and this is in relation to the air gun talk that we we're doing on the on the last show. I've got a Crossman Venom Nitro 22 cal that chronographs an average of 684 FPS and over 15 foot pounds of energy uh, with, I, I think, where 17 green lead pellets well below the advertised speed, but still easily punches holes through half inch plywood at 30 yards. Jesus. Knocks crows dead on the spot. Uh, not recommending the rifle as there's much more accurate ones for a bit more money. I've yet to do a trigger job on mine or fan, find ammo that it likes. Check out DL Air Guns out of Langley, BC. Go to the website and they got a large selection. You can spend thousands. Nice. Cool. Yeah, that's what we needed. I just need that. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, I should just put this out to the listeners. They probably know what, uh, what kind of air rifles out there that uh, would be great. So, thank you very much uh, for saying that in, uh, Ernie. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send your email over to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, iTunes reviews, there are none over the last week. If you'd like to, please head over to iTunes or Podbean or Podcatcher or Stitcher or Stitchcatcher or whatever podcasting Podbeaner things you got and uh, give us a review over there. Usually, like typically on these platforms, uh, the podcasts that are the most highly reviewed are the ones that are easier to find and the ones that are featured more so if you review our podcast you'll uh help be helping us show up to more people out there uh trevor do you have any shout outs i do um to everyone who came to SummerSlam, all the shooters from all the different provinces who attended and of course to the members of the rescue gun club who helped pull this off 
uh, new guy, Trevor Grenier, just busted his ass all summer and uh, tremendous asset t- to the club. John Snuffleupagus, of course, he's always been there. McClatchy drove over and spent the week with me. Luke Giroux, Bang Switch Boutique Luke, he drove up from Moncton. Couldn't even shoot the match, right? He was unable to shoot the match. He still was out of pocket, all these expenses. It's one thing to do all this work and get your match fee for free, but uh, when you're not even shooting the match and you're so dedicated to your buddies and the club to help that you drive three and a half hours to be here, feed yourself, money on fuel, like just amazing. It's not even a, it may be a member of the club, but he lives three and a half hours away. So he came up and worked chronograph with uh, Mark Drew. They did a fantastic job. There was no questions about the integrity of our chronograph whatsoever. Um, my two range masters, Chris and Jimmy, um, Muffin, Smoke on the Water, Tracy from uh, CCFR. She came down, brought her fiance, her daughter, her daughter's friend, Denis from DC Armory, set up a booth. Alex from X Metal Targets, they were a major match sponsor. They set up a booth. Uh, Alain and the crew again for rebuilding the house stage. Um, Tresca and Mark and Chris for finding that the um, the venue for the buffet they had had bingos for three days in a row. Didn't clean it. They were in there cleaning it till after midnight, so hmm. that it would be ready for the banquet the next day. All those little things that happen beyond the scenes that the shooters don't know about that I find out about. They're what helps make this a just a great. I'll say world class event. Not quite, but close enough. You know, everyone who comes to SummerSlam um, has nothing but good. Well, I'd like to say that. I can't say that for sure. I'm sure some people get their panties in not about one thing or, or another, but a lot of positive things said about SummerSlam. We appreciate you guys coming out and supporting our match. And I just want to thank everybody one more time. And uh, to those of you that shot SummerSlam that are going to the Nationals, I'll see you in a few days. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh See, I've got shoutouts for first one for Adam. Uh, so when my trigger started to malfunction there, uh, he he this 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 guy was the match winner, and he he offered up his rifle for me to use uh, for the for the stages uh, afterwards. I checked with the MD to make sure it was all okay, and you know we're in the same category. So uh, he said it was good to go. But <laughs> like this is his match rifle. He's going to win this match, and he he let me use his rifle, which was uh, uh, very appreciated. What well, just goes uh, to show that you're not a threat to him. <laughs> I got second to his first on the last match that we shot together. So not maybe not after my first two stages, a little bit threatening after that. Not so much. Yeah, not so much. So cool. yeah, not that threatening. <laughs> no, he's a great shooter. You know what? He shot that match clean. No penalties. And uh, that's wow. uh, difficult to do at a three gun match just because of the variation in, in all the stuff you do. So super clean shooter and uh, and fast as well. So yeah, that's all you need to do really to uh, to win like a, a national class three gun match in in Canada is just don't don't get any penalties. Um, and the other one is uh, is to the um, Maple Seed crew. Thank you guys for coming out to Alberta. This I know it's a bit of a drive. <laughs> making it all the way out here and uh and they're they're doing something by uh by training all the people out here uh and a, a big thanks out to kelly who who put a ton of time into uh uh training my boy at the at the match and uh making sure he had a great time at his first shooting course yeah first shooting course he had a great time 
next up, uh, Patreon supporters. We have uh, 90 of those Patreon supporters. I actually sent some t-shirts with Kelly because she's going to meet some people along the way. Uh, if you are a new Patreon supporter, you should be getting a patch in the mail, uh, patch and sticker. And uh, make sure you send your address in if you uh, if you are a new patron. Uh, we also have uh, special episodes that we put out uh, about once a month. Uh, I think we're overdue for one of those as well. We should do one of those. Uh, if you want to sign up for Patreon, go to patreon.com slash slamfire radio. Uh, finally, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada and like us on Facebook. Good night, everyone. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. All right, cool. Trevor, I'm going to relocate. My, uh, my Wi-Fi signal in here is no bueno. Yeah, I kind of got that impression there when you were gone. You abandoned me, left me alone with Richard. I was I was here, but I just I turned off my video and audio and I j- just to, on the hope that I could cut in where I needed to. But I am going to relocate, so just give me a minute. You're still live, so people are watching you yawn and play on your phone, but that's okay. Check my Facebook that stuff. Yeah, it's it'll be like voyeurism, like Big Brother kind of thing, like watching you like play on your phone and scratch wow. your head. And do I never whatever. thought of it that way. They have a yeah. like a live feed into my Ooh. home. They can just see it's Ooh. like Big, yeah. Big Brother Slam Fire. <laughs> Weird. Okay, give me a minute. All right. Well, let me check the old Facebook and see if there's anybody watching, and uh, I can answer questions. Well, it's just us, just us, just an intimate little gathering of you and me. There's no Matthew. There's no Adriel. There's no Kelly. I can answer questions. Oh, turn my volume down here. There we go. All right. Luke says, howdy, folks. Stacy Penland, the Appleseed Princess, says hi. Bill Wilson, nice ovation acoustic. Oh, cool. He's talking about his guitar. Kelly. Hey, everyone. Kelly here. Stacy, Greg, and I are on the road driving to Saskatoon. We're watching and we're watching. Oh, that means I got to behave myself. So we made an effort to watch from the car, and all we get to do is watch Trevor. Yeah, Stacy, come on, man, don't be like that. <clears throat> Bill says, "Are P mags limited to five in Canada?" Bill, any thirty-round magazine is pinned to five. So any AR-15 magazine, the magazine designed for that rifle, is pinned to to five. The law says this: any Semi-automatic center fire long gun is restricted to five rounds. So the magazine for said firearm is restricted to five rounds. Now there are ways around it for things like the AR-15 because of the pistol version. But if you have a Ruger Mini-14, that's it. There's nobody else making a pistol version of that gun or a 50 caliber version for that gun. So that gun's always going to be five rounds. The VZ-858, the VZ-58, all of these things, unless... Now, there's a... And, and those two rifles chambered in 762 by 39 are going to be limited to five rounds. Semi-automatic shotguns are limited to... If they're tubular magazine, they're limited to five rounds of the largest chambering. So if it's 
a three and a half inch chambering. They're limited to five rounds of three and a half. If it's a box fed magazine, semi, if it's a magazine, Oh, let me try this again. Words are hard. If it's a semi-automatic box fed 12 gauge shotgun, then the box magazine is limited to five rounds. So it's not just a P mag thing. It's not a brand name thing. It's, it's, is it a rifle magazine? And if it's a rifle magazine, it's five rounds. Luke says Facebook page. I didn't know you guys streamed on Facebook. I'm going off YouTube. Do we stream on Facebook? No. I don't think we stream on Facebook, Luke. But you mm. said you're going on Facebook for questions. Oh, did I? Well, mm-hmm. I'm dyslexic, so I meant YouTube. Yeah, there we go. Bill, stop trying to confuse Trevor. You know that already. Uh huh. Yeah, Bill does know that already. He's been around enough Canucks to know about the silliness that is our capacity loss. <laughs> 